You're listening to this week's edition of the Tiger's Den Podcast. New episodes releasing every Monday at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. Available across all platforms. Also, be sure to check out our other podcast, Play Callers. Releasing every Monday at 2.30 p.m. Central Time. Available on all platforms as well. Welcome to the Tiger's Den debut episode. I'm Taylor Gagne, joined by my co-hosts Max Mesman and Reese Kinder. And we got an amazing first episode planned for y'all. We're going to be diving deep into Victor Hovland being the the FedEx. We got college coming into full swing this weekend. We got all our predictions. And we're analyzing one of the worst trades in NFL history, the Trey Lance trade to the Cowboys. Stay tuned for more on the Tigers End podcast coming right up. This just in, it's time for Have You Heard? Thanks for that intro, Taylor. We're going to go ahead and get started off with some Have You Heard today. And so, before we started recording this episode, you told me about Victor Hovland this weekend becoming the third youngest ever FedEx Cup winner. And as well, if I'm correct, I'm looking at ESPN right now, he also won the Tour Championship. Now, as somebody who, I uh, two weeks ago, I met up with some friends that we golfed. This is the first time in like five years that I've golfed. Um, it's not my sport, and I could tell whenever I golfed uh, 72 on nine holes. So, I mean, Bro. yeah. So I'm, On nine <laughs> holes? <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, hey. 20. Five years. Come on, now. It's not my best Get a 24. <laughs> 44. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> hey, man. That's why it's not my sport. So that's why I'm going to kind of leave this topic to you. Uh, with Victor Hovland winning this uh, FedEx Cup, what does this mean for the sport of golfing moving forward? Hey, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm a big golf guy. I play golf all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out. Shout out. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be okay. honest, though. I don't watch, I don't watch a lot of golf. It's, it's kind of it's boring to watch. I mean, you – like a nice Sunday you want to take a nap. Um, but yeah, Victor Hovland, uh, he's always been one of my favorite golfers. He's 25, actually the first born golfer. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is his victory. Um, he got the BMW Championship last week. Um, he's on fire right now. He's just winning majors left. He was 11 shots better than the U.S. than the Open winner, Win Park, who finished third. And he was better than big-name Roy. I'm sure you've heard of. Um, he started the kind of slow under, but they shot 19 of holes. And Max, how the FedEx Cup works is it's a, it's multiple championships combined. So he won the BMW Championship last week and for this week, which all combined to give him the FedEx Cup. He got paid $18 million this week for winning, and he's earned $6 million in the past weeks. So we all can do a $26 million. <laughs> yeah. I golf. Golf. Like doing Yeah. No, that's Fire. he's a young golfer. He's big name. Probably gonna be up there with um Phil all the big names when he's said and done. So yeah. Really for the game of golf. Yeah, very young guy. I mean I've I've heard of Tiger Woods and Phil Nicholson. Those names I do know. Yeah, and like you said, you don't watch golf that much, not that interesting of a sport. And I'm with you on that point. And, uh, yeah, so Victor Hovland, great for him. Uh, I hope he does great in the future. And now I want to move to the sport I'm most interested in this time of year and that most people are interested in. Let's talk about some football. So my, yes. first, my first topic to talk about is 
it's not a huge one, but it's kind of huge to me because I'm kind of a fan of this player. Uh, the Bears cut P.J. Walker, and they're now letting rookie Tyson Bagent no. in the mix to be QB2 against, uh, <laughs> against Walker Panthers legend. So Taylor and Reese, as y'all are both uh, Panthers fans, you know, P.J. Walker had that magical game against the Falcons, but not much else. Um, what? How do y'all feel about, about this move by the Bears? terrible nobody ever needs to trade pj walker because even though he came from the xfl he's still on the panthers if you look at it last year he won oh god (laughs) 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 he won he won uh i think it was three games might have been four and um it just last season bro he carried panthers won seven so we won seven games and I think he won, like, half of them, and in, including that uh, Hail Mary, which DJ Moore, if he didn't throw his helmet off, would have uh, we would have won that game. <laughs> and uh, we also uh, beat the Saints. Oh. On that last second. <laughs> yeah, I heard, that, I heard that pause, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you heard uh, about it was Walker's Saints three, and you're trying to yeah. over here getting released. Yep. All right. So here's Maybe the Saints. about this. Here's how, yep. here's how, okay, okay, don't go that far now. Here's how I feel about this. Walker at 28, last year he signed a two-year contract worth $4.15 million. That's gone out the window. Uh, he's still going to get guaranteed $2 million, you know? So, hey, I he's mean, getting paid. Yeah, he's still getting paid. Not as much as uh, old Victor Hovland, but he's still getting paid. And so I think this is an interesting move by the Bears. It feels like they're going in a more youthful direction. And you think about they still have Nathan Peterman who did perform better in the preseason than P.J. Walker. So they still have a veteran, and then they have two young guys that they can work with. So overall, I I think this is an okay move by the Bears. It won't have, like I said at the beginning of the segment, it won't have that much effect on the Bears because Justin Fields is their guy. Whether he's good or not is a totally different conversation. But, I mean, yeah, so Justin Fields is their guy. I don't see this affecting much this season. And so, yeah, yeah. I don't. But if you, I, don't I mean, see... you got to give it to PJ Walker. I mean, he's a dog. Yeah, no, that's why I said I liked him so much is because I mean he worked his way up through the XFL and you know playing in the basically what's now the minor league of the foot of football of the football landscape and you know and so he's a hard worker and he was able to get a shot in the Panthers and end up like you said get a payday and yeah so yeah. he'll be he'll be pretty set still. Well, see and if you so, look at it. If you look at it, that game uh, against Buffalo, I think it was yesterday. He went six for eleven with seventy-one passing yards and threw one touchdown pass. So that's uh, if you're looking for a quarterback. I mean, he also hey Buccaneers, Buccaneers, shout out. Hey, <laughs> no, if you're looking for a quarterback, he's he's probably he's not going to be a start. He's not starting material, honestly, but he definitely can win you games. He's a good, he's a good, he's a good veteran backup. Yeah, I mean, I he's, like like to, he's like I a cam. He's like a cam. Name in there for uh, like who could sign him, and I would say the Cardinals. In my opinion, I feel like Murray, the Cardinals is the best landing spot for him. Murray, I, I mean, think. him and Kyler Murray. You look at their play style; is very similar. PJ Walker could be a good mentor to Kyler Murray. Exactly that, See, and also, is, I yeah. mean, the the Cardinals have Colt McCoy starting right now. So, yeah, I, I mean, bro, where's Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray's injured. Of course he is. He's like last year. 
Yeah, he's like five six. <laughs> other hey, playing on the football field. You're wanting to talk about that with Bryce Young, but you know, once again, that's another. Uh, no, he really. I think it would really help with the Cardinals because they brought in some dude like named David Blount yesterday for a quarterback, and he's eleven for twenty-two with ninety-three passing yards, one touchdown. Yeah, you don't really. That's not a lot of offense, especially the Cardinals. If they want to try to win a tough uh, NFC West division, they want to try to win at least one game. Yeah, so you're talking about David Blau, who performed yeah. well at Purdue and performed well with the Lions last year as a backup. But no, like you said, yeah, you're right. And P.J. Walker, I mean, with the Panthers last year, he was somebody who was kind of starting material. You know, yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't like to have him as like your starter if you're you know a Super Bowl contending team. But I mean, worst case scenario, I would rather have him starting than Colt McCoy, who's basically yeah. like. 47 and ready to retire and get into a retirement home. Well, well, Colton did good last year. He did good last year at the end of the year, especially even though the Cardinals were like two and did he? 15. I mean, did I think. He? Yeah, he, no, I he don't, did. He, I don't, he I don't know. I didn't watch that well, as many Cardinals games. <laughs> like, good. Because no one watched real Cardinals are never televised on anything. He was born in 1986. So. We have we have players in the league now like CJ Stroud who were born in two thousand one. So I feel like I feel like it's a little bit past Colts time, but who knows? Maybe he'll come out and do like a Geno Smith plus ten years, you know? Yeah, so. maybe a Der- maybe a Derek Carr, so Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It'll be his versus Derek <laughs> Carr. What you got next? Hey, what you got next? Hey man. Have you heard? What? What'd you say? What else have we heard? What else have you Uh so another thing we heard was a bit a bit of a bigger trade. Um, Trey Lance going to the Cowboys and the Cowboys sending a fourth round pick in next year's draft over to San Francisco. And you talk about this being one of the worst trades in history. I would up this. I would say one of the more worst trades than this one between the Cowboys and the Niners is the ones that the 49ers did way back when with the Dolphins um, when they traded for they traded two first round picks for to get Trey Lance. And I saw this one thing on Twitter from ESPN the other day, and what the Dolphins got from that trade was no. So now the 49ers, they got Trey Lance. That's what they got from the trade. What the Dolphins got, they got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Bradley Chubb, and and, a, and another player I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> so I mean, you look at that trade. That might be one of the most crucial trades. Now you know what's even crazier to me than the trade is that is how. The 49ers are actually, they're not even in a terrible position, even though Trey Lance was a bust. Because you, you yeah. look at it, I mean, Brock Purdy's their starter, you know? And he's like... I mean, yeah, they got so lucky with Brock. Said, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, so it's it's a very, it's just an odd situation in, the, in San Francisco right now. That's odd for the Cowboys, because the Cowboys have Dak Prescott, who's like... Unless, exactly. Jerry, unless Jerry Jones... No, no, you know what's... Jerry you know Jones what's is a whole other story, bro. Yeah, unless he unless he plans on getting rid of Prescott, then uh, you know what's it? hilarious to me though. I, I looked at the depth chart the other day. Trey Lance from, went from being third string and basically cut on the 49ers to now looking at the depth chart for the Cowboys. It is still uh, Cooper Rush in the second string spot. So, yeah, oh yeah, Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush was good last year for those so, few games. So Trey Lance, Trey Lance went from being a bench warmer on a basically conference championship team to a bench warmer on a divisional round exit team. So, yep. I mean, you, you know. Feel, I mean, he went to a smaller school in North 
I mean, good for their division region, but I mean, yeah, against them as like Dak Prescott State, Brock Purdy, Utah State, North Dakota State. But like yeah. top five, pick, I mean, does never really have a fair chance because he's been injured all the time. I mean, you just got to feel for the guy. And now he's a bench warmer on the Dallas Cowboys management. I mean, Didn't, yeah. 100% I feel for him. I mean, you you remember, Taylor, when we were doing our demo for this podcast a while ago, uh, I talked about him being, you know, possibly flipping the script and becoming the starter by the end of the season for the Niners this year. I mean, because he's got all the tools. Like, the tools are there. It's just, it's the same with Zach Wilson, you know. You put a guy in the situation, um, you put all the chips in on a guy to be great almost immediately, and he gets hurt, and he's, you know, getting banged up, and... I mean, yeah, it just it just it just sucks for him, you know, because he's a player. And he's still twenty three, so I mean, we could see, yeah. you know, we could see his promising athletic ability, which we all know he has. We could see that blossom in the future as like a backup. But I mean, yeah, see, I just I don't know, yeah. Or like think of like a smart. think of a Geno Smith. I mean, see, Geno Smith was in the league. He's been in the league a while, and Trey Lance could end up being like that, where he just is a bench warmer for a lot of the a lot of his I mean, career, like, and then all this. All of a sudden, gets that opportunity. Personally, yeah. when Trey Lance got drafted, I felt he was a read. My story: North Dakota State quarterback being a top five pick, and we all know yeah. how that went out. Like Carson Wentz was good for one season, gets hurt, and then he's done. He's like, "Why?" Well, the yeah. problem the problem with Lance is, I'm pretty sure he played. I think he played one game because it was COVID year, and he just played one game to let the draft prospects see how he was. I think he played that game against South Dakota State, and then that was it. I don't yeah. think he played. He only played that single game his whole career in college. Yeah, you're you're exactly right, and I, I remember that vividly because my uh my granddad is a big North Dakota State fan, so he tells me a lot of their stuff. And yeah, he played in that one game. Now, granted, that was against South Dakota State, a really good team, and I believe it was a playoff game. And yeah. he performed very well, you know. And he's it was six four, you know. He's very sturdy, and so I mean, he's a great prospect, you know. And yeah, so, good, good quarterback material, but he exactly. just, I guess I guess the uh, 49ers just didn't want him. I mean, it looked like it at first, but then as soon as they found Purdy, then get rid of him and trade him. Yeah, and one last thing I'd like to talk about before we move on to my last two points and have you heard is we see this situation with Trey Lance, and we see this situation with, like, Zach Wilson, and these QBs instantly just, like, falling out after – these teams put all their chips on the table for these QBs. Could we see that this year with, like, for example, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, and C.J. Stroud are all expected to start. All of them are 22 years or younger. Um, so, I mean, Anthony Richardson is exa- is a perfect example. He's drafted basically just solely off of his physical ability. I mean, he did not perform well. He probably performed overall the worst out of any SEC quarterback last year if we're being honest, if we're looking at the stats. So yeah. could we see that possibly, like, history repeat itself with one of those three prospects and who you got? There's a possibility we could see it. I wouldn't say young because the Panthers really are going to give him at least two years. I would probably say Richardson because Stroud's young as well, and he's also on a terrible Texans team that hasn't really been relevant for the past few years since Deshaun Watson got into yeah. incidents and I just see Richardson could be one even though I don't really know I think Sam is it Sam Ellen Ellinger's the backup for 
uh, yeah. Indianapolis. Sam, yeah, Sam Ellinger. Yeah, yeah. I would say that Richardson might be the one because he, he's last year at Florida. He really didn't show much. And yeah. I was kind of surprised he left because he still this year he could have came back and possibly made a bowl game or something with Florida. And yeah, they, and like could have gotten higher. Work yeah. on his ability. So I mean, I'm actually I'm gonna have to agree with Reese. Uh, with Anthony Richardson, I think um, Bryce Young has all the weapons around him. Um, I'm not trying to sound biased because I know um, analysts are not supposed to be biased, but I mean, he's got weapons around him and he's got a good quarterback producing coach in Frank Reich. I think it's definitely not going to be Bryce Young. I think um, with uh, the Houston Texans and C, I mean, CJ Stroud can barely read and write, but I think he's, I think, I mean, <laughs> I think he's got, again, he's got Damian Pierce. He's got a young Damian Pierce around him. He's got, a young, we- he's got weapons around young weapons around him on his offense. Yeah, Anthony Richardson. You look at his offense, and you're like, okay, we got Quentin Nelson. Um, who's our Michael Pittman? One? Michael Michael Pittman. Um, June, like, yeah, Michael. Who, who else do we have? Like, so I mean, nobody. Their wide really... receiver core is all right now. Looking at it, their top four wide receivers are Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce, Josh Downs, who I know is a rookie but absolute stud. And Isaiah McKenzie from Buffalo. Um, so, but that's the not that is, bad. Yeah, but the problem is also is that the Colts are losing Jonathan Taylor. Like Jonathan Taylor, he's he's gone. He's gone. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, it's... we're and we're not going to talk about that on the podcast because it'd be a way too long of a conversation. We'll save it for another day when there's more news. But um, yeah, Jonathan Taylor's gone. So, and from what I've heard from all of the trade negotiations. Is they're not really getting, they're not going to get any running backs back, at least not this year. It's all just like picks, you know? So, I yeah. mean, you're looking at Zach Moss being your starting running back, who, granted, is a good player, but he's also injured right now and he's injury prone. So, I mean, you're looking at Anthony Richardson getting all of the weight put on him immediately. And so, it just depends on how much leeway he has at first string, because he actually, uh, he actually has Gardner Minshew, who was originally announced as the starter. Uh, he's his backup. So, I mean, it's already kind of a tight string on him. So, we'll just have to see how patient the Colts can be with him because I do think he is the biggest uh, project quarterback this year. Yeah, sure. I watched yeah. him I watched him in that preseason. Very dead. Exactly. So, I watched but, him in that preseason game, and he was – he threw a touchdown pass, I'm pretty sure, or he ran for one. But yeah. he, did look, he did look nervous. It was first preseason. It was week one. And they were playing Buffalo, and he threw a pick. It was not his fault. It was a uh, receiver. Receiver dropped it, and it tipped into Buffalo cornerback's hands. So he just needs to learn how to read the read the routes of the receivers and everything, and he should be fine if, yeah. he, uh, if they don't let him go. Like I said, all the fin- physical and intangibles are there. He just needs to work on like completion percentage and just decision-making as a whole. All right. Second to last, have you heard, is it's a big one. And I remember, Taylor, you said it was almost your trash can this week, but we're going to go and do it on have you heard. Arizona State is self-imposing a bowl ban for the 2023 season. So basically what's happening here is um, it's a decision by the university, according to Pete Thamel, an ESPN reporter, uh, that acknowledges the severity of evidence in the ongoing NCAA case regarding the school's football program and the specter of the NCAA investigation into allegations of repeating, repeated and gratuitous recruiting violations has scattered many of the program program's best players. This goes back to Herm, Ed- Herm Edwards' days as the coach. And so basically what this is, 
is Herm Edwards was trying to do NIL before NIL was legal. And in my opinion, I mean, I just hate when these stories come out. And yes. also, and also because it's kind of like the Harbaugh situation. Like, everybody was doing NIL, some form of it, before. Like, all the big schools. Like, you can't say uh, nobody was doing it. Like, there was a couple out there. And that's why I actually like that NIL is a thing now. Because now they can do it more out in the open, and it, you're not getting like a bowl ban from a huge university, and you know making their entire season seem pointless. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. I mean, heck, with Jim Harbaugh's situation, it was literally him buying a hamburger for a football player. Now he's missing three games at the start of the season. Now, granted, yeah. Michigan State or Michigan's going to win those games regardless, but still, I mean, so uh, it sucks for Arizona State. Not like they would have made a bowl. I had them going like four and eight at best. So, yeah. I mean, but, yeah, it just sucks for such a storied program, you know. But we'll see him in 2024, I guess. I think there's I mean, two I, things. There's two things with the bowl ban. It's also that Arizona State probably thinks that they can't compete in the Pac-12 this year, and they're probably mm-hmm. going to wait till they do the conference realignment next year. And I also think that, you know, Auburn, we saw Auburn do this in basketball a few years ago, and – they just wanted to get it over with, so they so the NCAA didn't come to them and already do that to them. So Arizona State just wants to get this over with, get it, move past it, move yeah. past this year, and just um, yeah. go into next year I mean, with a good mentality. Yeah, I do agree with that because, like, next year they're joining. I mean, if you look at the Pac-12, I'll, I'll a bit later, but like the Pac-12 is really good this year. Like they have some, mm, there's yeah. some solid teams in the yeah. Pac-12. Best of ever. State just thought. Let's just get this over. They have a good young team. Uh, top class this year. Enter um, mm-hmm. class. So I think these young players can get good experience this season. When they go into the Big 12, a weaker Big 12 now, with all the realignment going on, they could – I mean, they just wanted to get it over with, like Reese said. They want to next year not having to do anything, having promise, having a reason to their season, like making a bowl game and everything. Yeah, I mean, my – my biggest thing, I'm going to try not to spend too much time on this topic so we can go ahead and move on to some other uh, segments. But, I mean, my biggest worry for if I'm a Sun Devil fan is looting, is losing Jaden Rashada, who you talked about that big recruiting class. I mean, he's already slated to start as a true freshman. And, you know, he already had all of that stuff with, like, Florida with his huge $14 million NIL deal and stuff like that, all that drama that happened. And he ended up re- uh, recommitting to Arizona State, I mean, he's going to get a year to um, – because they also got Drew Pine from Notre Dame, who I think is severely underrated in my opinion. But um, he'll be able to learn under Drew Pine and work on his passing game. But my biggest fear is that in just this big transfer portal frenzy that he'll he'll transfer either midseason or sometime in the offseason. But, yeah, and then moving on to my last point, have you heard, is uh, some great news – to hear is Bronny James um the doctors determined that he had a g- congenital heart defect which sounds bad at first but um going reading more into this is that it's actually just a broad term referring to an abnormal any abnormality or a- of heart structure that is present from birth which results when the heart or blood several blood vessels near the heart excuse me I can't speak today doesn't develop normally before birth but it says 
returning to the court in a very, very near future. So yeah. basically, it's like basically like a heart murmur or something, which yeah. is is great to hear because a lot yeah. of people were fearing that you know he possibly has had like a stroke, you know, at such a young age or like you know something happened, just you know a lot of stuff. But this is probably this is probably the best uh, news that you could hear, you know, um, if yeah. you're the James family. And so, yeah, yeah just glad it's, it's nothing serious. It's great for a young basketball player like him, especially just committed to USC, and his dad wants him to play in the NBA. So if he can get back out, get to work again, uh, he should be fully healthy come this season, and he should be able to be a very high draft pick in the NBA draft and then play with his dad. And then um, hopefully him and his dad have a good career and get a lot of money out of it. Yeah, I mean, like looking I mean, at I'm, USC, like look at this USC basketball team. I mean, you think of LA basketball, college basketball. You think of UCLA with all-time great Abdul Jabbar, yeah. Russell Westbrook, Kevin Love. I mean, Quez this past year um, making the final. Four, I think it was lead eight or final four the past few years. Um, mm-hmm. is a dominant force in basketball this year, and we'll get to see. And that's gonna be yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I mean USC, like, yeah, getting uh, this news that Bronny James is going to be back. Obviously, the number one thing is that we're all hoping that he, you know, gets well and is fully one hundred percent when he's able to take the court again. But yeah, USC, this is great news. I mean, he got that big three of Collier, Boogie <laughs> Ellis, and uh, Bronny James, and I mean, yeah, it'll be exciting to see the Trojans once Bronny James is back on the floor this year. Yeah, because USC was good a few years ago with the Mobley brothers. We saw that in the NCAA tournament. It was great to see both of those two get into the NBA, especially um, Evan Mobley. He's been a dominant force with the Cavaliers, and his brother, I think, just got drafted this year and is going to be expected to play uh, next year in the NBA. Exactly. And so – that's all I have for Have You Heard. Uh, what about with what happened this weekend with the re- Weekend Rundown, Reese? This is the Weekend Rundown. So this weekend we started off with a lot of high school football and um, a lot of college football, and there was some preseason action and also MLB action and a little bit of the Little League World Series. So uh, let's just get into it. Um, so Friday night, we got a chance to see number one, Saralyn, number one in the state of Alabama, defeat Lipscomb Academy by one point in OT. That game was absolutely amazing, and um, Saralyn was able to pull off. I'm, I'm going to say it's an upset because Lipscomb Academy is actually uh, pretty good, and um, it was at Saralyn, but yeah, that was a great game. Then we also saw... Auburn defeat Hoover 39-14, to and that was in Hoover. And I don't really think any of us expected that one to happen, especially um, with the predictions, uh, <coughs> Taylor. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I then, mean, uh, yeah, yeah. If you talk to Coach, if you listen to our other podcast, Play Cars, which, by the way, is um, probably by the time that this is yeah, check it out. Um, Coach Smith, we talked with him. He was like, uh, getting put on the map, like, like you said, Sarah Lynn being academy. That Alabama football is being put on the map right now. It's all yeah. a little bit small. Always had your Thompsons, your Sarah Lands, your Hoovers, but like we're seeing more teams. Yeah. Like you said Sarah Land. I mean, we're just putting Alabama 
have, and more of these recruits are getting offers from big names too. I was yeah. about to say, just like with the big recruits, I mean, Sarah Lynn's the obvious, you know, the obvious, uh, obvious uh, example with Ryan Williams, who's probably going to end up being the number one recruit overall in the 2025 class. We just absolute stud rocket at wide receiver. And so, I mean, yeah, I mean, Alabama football, as it rightfully should be, is starting to become the high school powerhouse that we all hoped it would soon become. Yeah. And then when uh, we just moved on to Central and Hewitt, that was supposed to be, in my opinion, was supposed to be a very close game. But over them it's uh it wasn't expected but central might have a better team than a lot of people think this year especially for them being ranked fourth in the state uh that's it's a little high a little low but also um central probably it's gonna be good they're, they're gonna have a lot of good games this year especially at the game against auburn and uh that's towards the end of the season that's gonna be a very good game at duck and um should expect a lot of scoring in that game and then um, uh, this game wasn't ever close, never was going to be close. Uh, Opelika and got embarrassed by Thompson in the Crampton Bowl, and it was not a fun night for Opelika fans. We'll just say that. Um, yeah, I mean, I talked was, to a few Opelika people. I don't think a lot of Opelika fans were at that game. So it's yeah, no. no. I mean, I, that game next week, Thompson and IMG is going to be a really good one too, so. Exactly. Another another yeah. chance to put Alabama football on the map in yeah. that game. Even though I don't want. Hey, Thompson I don't like Thompson, but let's go Warriors for that. Yeah, game yeah. For no, sure. I'm, I'm going. I'm going for them 100. percent After that, the way that IMG Auburn game went, uh, IMG is honestly just one of my personal teams. I just don't like at this point. So. Yeah, and especially they have a lot of good kids on that team too. So it's uh, should be an evenly matched game for that one. And then uh, another not so fun game too was uh, Enterprise played a terrible Ufala team. And it was, <laughs> final score was sixty three to fourteen. That was um, I think we all expected that, especially you know how you said on play callers the other day, Max. You said that Ufala hasn't really been you know that good yeah. the past few years, and especially or Enterprise ever. is <laughs> yeah, Enterprise is uh, getting they're getting known now, especially uh, with big blowout wins and also beating um, a lot of the teams in our region. And yeah. uh, they showed no mercy this week against Eufaula, but they have a tough tough game next week at the Duck, first home game in, of the year for Auburn. And, Auburn uh, by 50. Auburn <laughs> by 50. That's my early yeah. prediction. I'll, I'll get my real <laughs> prediction on countdown. Hey, we'll go. So. Countdown, don't y'all worry. Exactly. And then on Friday. This one, this one surprised me so much. Foley didn't surprise me. Cool. 31 to 11. That's um, um, kind of surprising, especially uh, how um, Prattville is supposed to be so good this year. Supposed to be uh, better than they were last year. But yeah, that was a. That game was kind of. It was, it was supposed to be close, I would say. But Foley um, did upset Prattville at Prattville. Well, once again, enough. I feel like Foley's another example of just – and like I said, that wasn't a game that surprised me. If you watch uh, H's Countdown, I predicted Foley would win that game. And it was – it's because of Perry Thompson. I mean, that's mainly the reason. Auburn commit number 14 overall recruit for in the 2024 cycle. And he came out openly and said, I'm playing every year in high school – I'm playing every year – that every game this year, excuse me. 
um, every game this year for Foley, and I want to get us to a state championship. I mean, you saw them last year with a couple big wins uh, over the most notably over Fairhope. And so, I mean, yeah, Perry Thompson absolutely went off in that game. And once again, another just, you know, nod to how high of a level Alabama football players are becoming. Yeah. Well, now we're going to move on to, I think, my favorite and a lot of people's favorite, college football. Uh, this weekend started off with some week zero action. Uh, you get into yeah, it. Kind of uh, mid, kind of mid. Yeah, yeah I mean – I expected Navy Notre Dame to at least be watchable for more than like you know ten minutes, but you know that, that well, wasn't yeah. the case. Now this first game, we get into Dublin, Ireland. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of people got to love the United States military, but Irish. Uh, but you know, Notre Dame, it's in the name Irish, so uh, they had to win in Ireland, especially how bad they won. Uh, number thirteenth ranked Notre Dame won forty-two to three. Um, but like, did y'all just like, like realize said, how weird that game was? I know like, in the, the United is, States Naval Academy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Irish, <laughs> the Fighting Irish in I have Ireland, a genuine, Ireland. I have a genuine question. I know it's early, you know, but I love doing like overreactions. That's what we love doing as analysts. We love talking about stuff like this. You know, is Notre Dame like how big is that game against uh, Ohio State? I think it's Week Four in Notre Dame. I mean, that game is huge. That yeah. hey, Sam Hartman's a dog. Sam Hartman for, real. for 23, 250 plus yards and four passing touchdowns. I mean, hey man, he I, I'm that. not trying to. I'm not trying to say it too early, but watch out for the Irish because they got. They actually have a quarterback this year. That's the main thing. Well, you said you said at Ohio State, right? No, it's in Notre Dame because they oh, played at Ohio State last year in the oh, well, then. Hey, we'll hey we'll get into that ne- we'll get into that in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Not, okay. I'm not trying to you know say it too early, but you know. But yeah, All that right, Reece, game what else was. We got? Uh, uh, you got okay, so Jackson State or Jacksonville State made their D1 debut, and they were looking good for a little bit. Uh, 17 to 14 against UTEP. Uh, that pick to end the game. Um, I know Coach Smith said his he was there with his son. Probably a great atmosphere, especially I heard Jackson State uh, one time last year, I think had 18,000 fans show up to their game in um, Anniston. And then um, you had a – I would say it was kind of surprising how UMass ran over New Mexico State like that in um, New Mexico. And uh, UMass won that game 41 to – 30, and this year, actually, UMass is looking for their first bowl bid in CFP history. Or CFP not going to happen. No. Not going to happen. It's next. not going to happen. Upset against Auburn? Upset against Auburn, question mark? What? <laughs> what? The spread what? is 38 points. Yes, right 38 now. points exactly, and it's not going to happen. And then they got UConn, too, this year, and it's that's going to be a close game, but UConn still is going to win pretty bad, especially how bad they beat them last year. And then, I don't think anybody watched this game it was san diego state and ohio that game was a close game for a while but um ohio was ohio looked like they would win it but then san diego state um ended up coming out on top 20 to 13 and then you had a little more conference usa action between fiu who just joined the conference they went from independent to conference usa and it was against Louisiana tech that game was 22 to 17 and it was um, it was actually a fairly good game. I 
kind of wanted to see FIU wear their black uniforms that they were supposed to wear, but I think that's for home games only. And then Heisman winner last year, Caleb Williams, never want to see them give up 28 points again against San Jose State. Yeah. That never, never needs to happen again. I have more to talk about that later. So. Yeah, that um, 58 or 56 to 28 was the final score of that game. And then last, we are going to Nashville for the weather delayed game where um, everybody had to evacuate the stadium because the scoreboard was flying. Bruh, the construction. Yeah. Through. Yeah. Scoreboard but, anyways, anyways, last year, we had, Vanderbilt, we had Vanderbilt in Hawaii. Last year, sixty-three to ten, week zero. Yeah, and Vandy didn't look as good this year with a thirty-five twenty-eight victory. I don't know if it's because they felt sorry for Hawaii or they like last year when they beat them. I don't know if they felt sorry for them or it's just they just weren't ready after that rain delay. Um, and then now we are going to go to preseason. Max's favorite quarterback, Bryce Young, uh, got his first <laughs> touchdown pass of preseason. Let's go! Oh, absolute <laughs> unit! <laughs> uh, he got his first touchdown pass in preseason, but the Panthers still managed to lose 26-17. to 17. I don't know how the defense is absolutely You're going to hear right that now. a lot this year. Manage nope. to lose. Manage Monday to night, lose. Monday somehow. night. Monday gonna, night. You're going to hear that a lot this year. Hey, Manage hey, hey, hey. Stay on lose. track. Stay on track. Somehow, okay. somehow. we got a lot of stuff lose. to go through. <laughs> All right. Next, Any, we have anything, the Titans. Anything, anything else interesting, you know, besides, you know, short quarterbacks throwing touchdowns? Willis was pretty interesting. Um, the Pats, um, he got uh, – I'm pretty sure he got a few rushing uh, rushing yards in that game, and he also uh, threw a few passes. He's a guy that if Will Levis ever struggled, then you could put him in at starting QB, even though last year he was not that good. Um, and then I'm going to talk about uh, how the Seattle Mariners are absolutely just dominating right now. Uh, they, hey, we'll, hey, we'll go more into that a little later. They little keep later. winning. <laughs> <laughs> and the Philadelphia Phillies make a home run history with 47 home runs in a month. Uh, it's actually, actually insane how they did that. And then the Arizona Diamondbacks are back in a wild card spot after that big tumble after the All-Star break. And then today, in the Little League World Series, California won the championship. After Louis Lape, man. Louis Lape hit a walk-off home run. And uh, that's something you dream of in the backyard when you're playing with the ball. Especially Taylor, I know. he's uh, He should have uh, been in the MLB. Um, <laughs> and then, as we all know, Victor Hovland stays hot and wins the FedEx Cup. He shot 27 under. And absolutely shout out to my dominated. boy, my Norwegian boy. Amazing weekend. Nor- Norwegian, I think, is is the correct term. You say Norwegian? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Norwegian is crazy. All right, that's going to do it for Reese. Uh, no more signal for Reese at this point. Absolutely dominated. And that's your weekend rundown. We'll be back. And uh, I think it's Taylor's segment. <laughs> Huddle up, because it's time for Taylor's Team Huddle. Huddle team, up! Team Huddle. Huddle up! <laughs> <laughs> it's game week! You got nope. Nope. Next segment. Next segment. Next segment. So much to prove for this brand new team. And a pack that's strong as it's ever been. 
Last year, Pac-12 <laughs> is even a thing because <laughs> it's going to trash next year. We've got a sixth-ranked USC, Caleb Williams, tenth-ranked Washington team. Bo Nicks, the GOAT for Oregon. What? Eighteenth-ranked Oregon State. New coach Sanders, coach primetime. It's going to be primetime. Five-star Travis Walker, 21st recruiting <laughs> ranking, first overall transfer <laughs> ranking. This team can make a splash. And a New York Six Bowl, New York Six me, Bowl game, me, 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 I would even say the college football playoffs. Me, me, me. Yep. Is this me Duh. sleeping on Colorado? Three and nine. Three and nine. Football world. Going one and 11 got, last year. I got my, I got my ear mittens on, and I am sleeping all the way home. Guys, on y'all are crazy. A sold-out spring game. Come on. Buffalo fans are in for a treat this fall. Hey, hey, no. Will their will their stadium be packed out? Sure, they'll be packed out to watch them get blown out fifty four to ten by a USC. All right, I mean, you just see, just you just see, you just see, you just see. All right, all right, hey, all right. All right. that's all I got. That's all I got. That's all I got. USC Wait, up with Oregon. the huddle up, Oregon huddle up, huddle up, huddle up, Washington, huddle up, Buffalo right. fans. Come on, Colorado, let's go. This is Washington State, Washington, right. Oregon let's... State, Oregon. Let's move on to. I already named all of them. I'm naming they, all of them. You were listening to me and not ruining. What a purpose. Who is this week's MMVP? Hey, man. I, in my opinion, you know, nothing against you, Taylor, but I feel like you kind of ruined it when you know you mentioned the Colorado Buffaloes as your team of the week. But with that being said, let's talk about an actual relevant uh, Pac 12 team with the uh, the USC Trojans, and with my MMVP, Max's Most Valuable Player of the Week, go ahead and play that soundbite. And, yeah, so we're going to go with you, – you talked about uh, Caleb Williams performing very well, which he did, you know, uh, Heisman Campaign 2.0. But um, let's talk about Zachariah Branch. That is my MMVP of the week, the number seven recruit in the 2023 recruiting class. And Branch took over the third quarter and zoomed his way to 232 all-purpose yards and two touchdowns on just nine touches, including a dazzling 96-yard kickoff return for a score that helped cement the result. Um, Just some official stats here. At receiver, he recorded 58 receiving yards on four catches, also had a touchdown. At punt returner, he had 66 yards on three returns, which to a 22-yard average, pretty good, pretty good. And then that return where he went 96 yards to the house. Um, talking about you, talking about USC, though, which I love Zachariah Branch. He's my MMVP of the week. But I kind of did this as a cop out so we could talk about USC just for a little bit. When is Lincoln Riley gonna get to practice and just be like, "Hey guys, you know, offense, just just take a breather for today. We know you're so good. We know you got you know all the running backs, wide receivers from the transfer portal and recruiting. We know you got Caleb Williams." And you also got a five-star top ten recruit on the bench. Um, you know, we know you got all that. When are they just going to sit down the defense and be like, hey, can y'all just stop anybody, please? Like, just stop somebody and you got a top five team. Like, if they're able to hold any team – like, they couldn't hold San Jose State to under under uh, under 25 points. Like, they, they held them to 28, you know. Four touchdowns, four yeah, touchdowns no. against a mediocre San Jose State team. I mean, I even Auburn could hold them under twenty points last year, and Auburn was terrible. Not talk about that. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, yeah, but I mean, come on, like, when are we gonna be like? Because I love Lee Ken Riley. I love him as a coach. 
He's a great offensive guru. Uh, I think he's one of the best offensive coordinators in all of college football and all of just football in general. Like, that guy can just draw up any play, like, at any time. But let's talk about him as being a head coach. And I think it's the same way with Steve Sarkeesian at Texas, which is why also I don't believe all the Longhorn hype, but that's another thing for another day. So we're back. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so you know, yeah, see, they're not, they're not, it's no. the same, it's the same way. And it's why I honestly have more faith in Mario Cristobal at Miami, uh, it's, which is why I have more faith in him winning a natty before Lincoln Riley or Steve Sarkeesian ever touched the CFP. I mean, because he is a full all around coach. You know, it you look at matter Dan USC is not even winning the Pac-12. The exactly. thing about no, the thing about Lincoln Riley is he never he's never once cared about defense, especially in the Big Twelve. They don't know what defense is, and when they exactly. come to the SEC, when Oklahoma and Texas join the SEC, it's gonna be it, it's gonna be bad because you're gonna see them lose to teams like Texas might lose to Alabama this year. That's kind of a preview we get. It's it's they might lose twenty one to seventeen. But um, Oklahoma, if they were ever to play Alabama, uh, they would probably lose like 45 to 28 or something. And especially USC, last year we saw Auburn almost lose to San Jose State, but Auburn was able to hold them under 28. And you can't let a quarterback who was recruited at the University of Navy, San Diego Garcia, get three touchdown passes and 198 passing yards. He could win Heisman if it was only week zero. And exactly. It's ridiculous. They have That's no defense. That's why I honestly have more faith in Brett Venables winning the Natty this year as a coach because we know it's a cliche, but it's true. Defense wins championships. You can score 56 on Alabama, but if you don't have a good defense, Nick Saban's going to find a way to score 57. You know, that's just that the truth. That's what good coaches do. They play really good defense, and then they find a way on offense. And USC University. is just like, you know, I, I just I just don't understand it at this point. University of Cincinnati or Tulane over USC to win the national championship this year. If Tulane was well, eligible, they crazy, would probably bro. win it. I mean, I, I, don't, I disagree with Cincinnati, but, I mean, Tulane, we saw it last year, Taylor. We saw Tulane pick apart their defense. When they were up by, what, 17 in the beginning of the fourth quarter? I mean, when – Go back and watch highlights of that game. It's um, their defense, like, they have no cornerbacks. Like, it's they don't have anybody on their defense that I've never I've, I've never heard of them. They probably came from Oklahoma. That's probably why. Um, because, you know, Lincoln Riley got a lot of them to come from Oklahoma um, with him to USC. And especially last year, they, they would have won the game. It was fourth and 18. They would have won the game. And then literally – can't even stop a fourth and eighteen. That's how exactly. bad their defense is. I mean, my boy, my boy Ty J Spears. I mean, he ran all over them, all over. I know. Them. I yeah, mean, no. This there, there's a dude. Uh, Nash got six receptions for eighty nine yards and three three touchdowns. All three touchdowns went to him. Exactly. Even though they, I think they had one rushing touchdown. They might have. It might have been by uh, the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, talk to me if. I'm going to end this segment with this. If you're a USC fan, if you're Lincoln Riley, if you're the Trojans organization, talk to me about making the playoffs 
and about being top 10 ranked whenever you can stop somebody on third down. Talk to me. Like, I'm, I'm, open, to, I'm open for conversation to say, hey, I got USC in my CFB predictions. I think they can hang with these teams. But we saw it with TCU last year. When you can't stop people, because uh, there's going to be that one game where you just can't score. And you're going to yeah. have to find a way to be chippy and be able to stop them on defense and then produce just enough offense. And we've this seen is, USC every year when they play Utah. You know, they're yeah. just not able to do it. Because Utah this is, what's, is a chippy team. They got a defense. This, this is what's going to happen when you see these teams join different conferences. The Pac-12 is going – no, USC and UCLA are going to lose five games a year in the Big Ten. Until they can get a defense. Yeah, they're they're gonna lose to Michigan, Ohio State. They might even lose to Nebraska. Like it it's not gonna be good for Yeah. I mean I'd put them losing USA. to Minnesota this year. Yeah, just, like just because Minnesota's a tough team and I like they're reliable. Definitely I, have them losing against Wisconsin. I mean and Wisconsin's or, got those, you know, Siberian bears on the offensive line and defensive <laughs> line, you know. So yeah. But that's going to be it for my MMVP segment. Now, Taylor, who do you got as your trash can? It better not be USC because that'd be redundant. All right, <laughs> ro- roll the intro, roll the intro. Yep, yep. Straight from the garbage disposal, this is Taylor's trash can. All right. I'm going to keep it a buck right here. The Texas Rangers... Okay. Oh, one of the worst MLB organizations I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> There's no way that you can tell me you looked at this team at the All-Star break, like one of the best records in the MLB, and tell me they are second in their division right now to the Seattle Mariners. First off, I mean, to be they, fair, spent, they spent so much money this offseason. Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, two top-tier info oh. players, two of the top MLB voting odds. MVP voting odds. You look at their pitching rotation, Aroldis Chapman as their closer, Max Scherzer before the trade deadline, and you have one of the Adelis Garcia. Yet you still go one for your last ten, and you lose nine in a row over past two weeks. They were 24 games over 500, and on the cruise control to make the playoffs, and then the American League did not even make a wild spot to the Blue Jays. I don't. I just don't understand. Like, I'm pulling my hair. How is this team games? Like, what is going on in Arlington right now? Is it management? Is it attitude? Is it ego by the big players that they have? Like, like I could just throw this team in the trap. First of all, the no fans. I've never met a Texas Ranger fan. You have <laughs> top players in the MLB. You can't do anything. You're 53, 53 hits in your last 14 plate appearances. You've allowed 61 runs in the past 10 games. That is six game to your opponents. Jeez. You played the Twins. You played the Brewers. You played trash teams that the Braves beat by freaking ten points. Swept both of those teams. Like, <laughs> what are you doing right now? And take like I don't understand. Like, it, it makes me so mad. And I just want to throw them in the trash. I never want to look at them again. I don't want to see them in the playoffs because they're going to get swept by whatever team they do. They're going to lose in the wild card. They're going to lose to Astros. They're going to lose to the Mariners. They could lose to any American League right team. I could say they would even get swept by the. Oakland Athletics right now. That's how it's <laughs> Kansas City Royals are coming for the Texas Rangers. It's getting close. It's, it's really close. But, no, the I thought the Angels were bad at the trade deadline. 
What is going on in Texas? Max Scherzer, 38 years old. And, um, you can't even win with him. It doesn't make sense. I know he's yeah. terrible at the Mets because the Mets can't win. They're 25 games out of first place, but that's a different story. The Athletics are 36. Um, but, you know, um, yeah. right now they're tied with Houston, who hasn't won a game since um, – Probably George Bush was president, but, you know, um, yeah. The Mariners won today against the Kansas City Royals. And, um, Bro, no one cares about them winning against the Royals. Like, we all know the Royals are bad. No, Kansas City's sick to football. Kansas City's sick to football. You got Patrick Mahomes. Just just, just go for him. I agree with Taylor on that point. I'd like to say I agree with Taylor. But, no, he can I mean, play twice. I remember if you live in Arlington, Texas right now, you need to unfollow baseball. You need to just throw away your baseball glove. You need to throw away your season tickets. You need to go to the Cowboys games. You need to just focus on the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, Trey Lance, all them. You can be excited about the Trey Lance trade, even though it doesn't matter. He's your third string quarterback. Just give up on the Rangers. Like they're not going anywhere this season. I sound like Stephen A. Smith right now. I know, but I am just so mad. Like, like give those players to other teams that are bad. And they would probably win more games than you because you're just bad. You have no fans. You're a poverty franchise. You haven't ever been good since Prince Fielder or whoever that that white dude that was really good. I don't care. They're just not good. Like let's just let's just move on. They're in the trash. They're thrown away. They're gone. They're irrelevant. They're poverty. They're poor. They have no fans. They're just done. Yeah. This would be the Athletics would be like uh, probably in playoff contention right now if they had all the Texas Rangers players. Yeah. How are you going to spend really... 174 million plus dollars in the offseason <laughs> when the, and, and not be good? Like you, you were so good, and now you're so bad. Like I just don't understand. They were I almost mean, they almost had the same record as the Braves in like they were like ranked summer. above the Braves in the power rankings multiple weeks in a row. I remember. And now they're I remember second in the division. Not too long ago, this this year's All Star game. I remember tuning into that and seeing basically the entire. It was the Rangers team. It was, it was just <laughs> the Rangers team, and that was before Matt, the Max Scherzer trade. So I mean, you know, I mean, I think it's ego. I think I'm going to be honest. I think it's ego. Max Scherzer knows he's good. He knows he's expensive. He knows he's getting to the end of his career. He knows one of the, he's one of the greatest pitchers of the century. I mean, it, I think it's ego because you have all these big name players. You pay all these players. I mean, you have the third like. At Adelis Garcia is third-ranked home run leader of the AL. I mean, you have, like I said, two of the top AL MVP voting odds. I mean, I think it's just ego at this point. They're not working together. They're not a team. They're not like these big-name teams, like these really good teams, like the Braves, the Mariners. They're not, I mean, not small players, but not big-ego players that aren't getting paid max contracts and coming together trying to win games. Yeah. Scherzer's like, I heard Scherzer, he's, uh, he's kind of like a prima donna of the team all the time, so... That's why the Dodgers didn't win a World Series, and that's why they lost in the NL D or NLCS to the Braves in 2021. And then that's also why the Mets could never win a division because he was so bad. And then also him and Verlander never got along, so they want to throw at each other. And I mean, then, it just shows you that you can sign all these big-name players, and it doesn't mean you'll be good automatically. No, because Texas only has a 65% chance to make the playoffs, and they had like a 90% chance two weeks ago, maybe I mean, like we, three weeks ago. We see it in basketball all the time. I mean, now, I can hear y'all going back and forth, and I'll be honest, I've been I've been not as 
heavy as I should be on my baseball game because my mind's just on football. Like it's like you know, it's like a new Christmas present. Like I just, I just can't stop watching it. But yeah. I mean, from my outside view, I mean, it's like right. you see in basketball, like with the Lakers. Yeah, they won that championship. You know, back in what twenty twenty, which was like everybody's asterisks here. Mickey Mouse you know, didn't, didn't count. That, didn't count. Yeah, exactly. So after that, I mean, you keep signing these big name players, but none of them are able to play with each other because they all want to be the superstar. So I mean, that's yeah. my view on it. But um, I think, yeah, like you said, Taylor, they're in. The- I mean, all we're gonna do, we're gonna crump them up, we're gonna throw them away. I'm sorry, Texas fans, focus on the Cowboys. That's all you have to hope for. Yep, and, Jones, and, and now we're gonna Jones. focus on. <laughs> and now we're gonna focus on the prize picks. Go ahead and play that intro, baby. Not sponsored by the app Prize Picks. It's time for Max's Prize Picks. All right, so now I tried to make this, and now this is our last segment of the day. But I tried to make it, you know, among all sports. But you know, I just couldn't. After a long time thinking about it, we got college football next weekend, and boy, oh boy, is this slate a treat! Now, the Saturday slate, like you said, Reese, uh, before we got onto this podcast, it is a little bit weak. I'm not gonna lie, but there are a lot of intriguing games. Not necessarily close games, but intriguing games. But I, I want to go ahead and start off with a couple of uh, conference games. Because, I mean, as analysts, conference games are really what matter most. It doesn't matter how trash you are. Like, conference games are what's going to make or break your season. So, we're going to go ahead and start off with the first prize pick. It's Northwestern at Rutgers, Sunday, September 3rd at 11 a.m. on CBS in Piscataway, uh, New Jersey, for the battle of who's going to finish last in the Big Ten this year. Or did you just um, make up a city? <laughs> no, 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 I did not. <laughs> That's that, is not a way. that is actually where they play. I am what? not looking, look it up. That sounds like that the city in my little home. <laughs> that is actually where they play. I'm not joking. Look it up. And is that the, is that the battle who's, who's going to finish last in the uh, Big Ten? And the line is Rutgers six and a half. Over under a 40 and a half. So I'm going to go and let y'all know I've got Rutgers winning this one um, just at home with all the stuff going on with New- Northwestern's program. I honestly, looking at Northwestern's schedule, I don't see them winning a game this year. Um, it's just, it's tough to be a Wildcat. And then I'm taking the under for 40 and a half points. This game is not going to be fun to watch. It's going to be a lot of running the ball. Neither of these teams have a quarterback that's going to make it past – that shouldn't have made it past high school. And so, yeah, this game's a Thanks. rough game. What are y'all's predictions for this? Uh, I'm going to go – if there was ever a tie in college football, I would go tie. But, you know, uh, Rutgers, honestly, I think they'll be a lot better. Because last year they went 4-8. Before that they went five and seven. I remember when I was like eight years old, they were like two and ten. I always thought they sucked, but um, no, I think Rutgers is gonna easily win this game. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the under on the um on this game here. Okay, um, I'm definitely gonna I'm definitely gonna go Rutgers by uh, six and a half. I would definitely take that spread. Um, I'm gonna have to go with under as well. I just it's. I know we I know we talked about Big Ten not being as strong at defense, but I mean both of these teams are poverty, um, like the <laughs> Texas Rangers. Um, like the, God I've, I've, I've I've never met a Rutgers fan. I don't think there are any Northwestern fans anymore <laughs> after what happened with their football program. 
So I'm just gonna have to go Rutgers as a pity vote. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't met any fans. <laughs> Tell me if you've ever met a Rutgers fan. You're walking down the street. You're like, hey, oh, yeah. you're a Rutgers I've fan. You live in Pinascawa or whatever it's called. Seen a Rutgers fan. They are amazing. Absolutely amazing. They have nothing to cheer living, about. This man is this man is I, making this up. There's no I would bet I, I would bet all the money in the world that you've not met a Rutgers fan. Like I, uh, no, I went to I went to Rutgers. Oh well, hey, but have you all seen that Northwestern coach that's ripped? Hey, shout out to that guy. He's probably fired by now because he's probably part of the scandals. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> Go Rutgers. Go Rutgers. And we're gonna move on to the next one. This is once again another conference game. I got four in conference games on the slate here. To start off, um, this one is a little bit more interesting, I'd say. It's Louisville versus Georgia Tech, half-flat kickoff game in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. This one's line is interesting to me because the line is Louisville by 7.5 with an over-under of 49.5. Now, this game, I am a big Georgia Tech fan. Behind Auburn, I'd say they're my second favorite team. I just love their school. Um, I love Bobby Dodd. You know, games there are great. And... Something just about something about Brent Key. Hey, something about Brent Key just tells me that the Yellow Jackets are going to be fired up for this game. And I remember two years ago going to Mercedes-Benz Stadium for my birthday to watch them for twenty-one in North Carolina against Sam Howe. Spread was and how much did they lose by? Fourteen forty. No, we won. We won forty-two to I think it was twenty-four against Sam Howe, North Carolina, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I must have That's been asleep. Why I've got Georgia Tech winning this game. Give me them by more than seven and a half. I got them winning by fourteen. And give me the give me the over. Actually, I got this being a high scoring game. All right, all right. Let's be so for real. Yeah, Georgia so Tech. Georgia Tech is is not like just focus on your academics. I mean, you're at, <laughs> I, I, hey, I mean, it's hey. it's hey, it's a good school. It's a good school. I'm not I'm not knocking it. It's a really good school. Really good program. I love what they do over in Atlanta. It's a nice campus, downtown Atlanta, beautiful. Um, but you got to go Louisville here. I mean, I don't know anything about Louisville. I have no idea who their players are. I Frankly, I have no idea who Georgia Tech players are. I know that Georgia Tech used to run that weird offense that Navy runs, and they never scored anything. They would always get blown up by Georgia. I'm going to have to go Louisville here. Uh, I'm going to go. Over under, I'm going to go under, because I don't think these teams are going to score anything. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go with. 45. Georgia Tech sucks. It's. I, last hey, year I watched them. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Last year I watched them play. It was so pathetic. I mean, I'm never. Hey, Haynes King. Haynes King. Dark no, Horse. Not. Max, you are the most biased analyst I would, I've ever no, seen in my life. Haynes King. Haynes King is getting a re like Haynes King is going to be so much better this year. Well, you know Georgia Tech always has a great run game. We got Dominic Blaylock. Uh, I say we we got Dominic Blaylock at uh for Georgia Tech from uh Georgia, and I don't know. I'm I'm actually not trying to be biased at all here, and I've got Georgia Tech winning by fourteen. Give me them. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, here we go. So, I would call this the miserable kickoff. This is the worst game ESPN could have ever picked on a Friday night. I would rather watch Stanford and Hawaii play. Okay, okay, let's not, let's not, let's not be stupid now. 
And then I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the under because both these teams can't even score four points. But um, thirty-five twenty-one. You heard it here first, Georgia Tech. Thirty-five twenty-one. All right. Our right, next game. Next, next we move to Nebraska at Minnesota. Talking yeah. about this game before we got into the podcast. Honestly, I mean, we're gonna see Matt Rule. You know, see how they do in their first game, and we also got a former Georgia Tech quarterback who, and this isn't even me being biased, but a lot of analysts are talking about him. Jeff Sims at Nebraska, with he's officially got the starting nod. You know, dual threat, and they're going to Minnesota, a tough place to play, Huntington Bank Stadium. And the line right now is Minnesota seven and a half, and the over under is forty three and a half. I've got, I've honestly, I've got Nebraska winning this one. Actually, I've got them upsetting Minnesota uh, in Minneapolis. It's going to be a great game, and I'm going to go with the under here. I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game because opening see, like opening games are so weird because both teams are like you know they're playing in their first real action. It's not like NFL. We get a little bit of taste of preseason. You know, you have a super long fall camp. You know, I feel yeah. like I feel like Nebraska is going to come in, and I believe in Matt Rule. I feel like Matt Rule is a great college coach, terrible professionally, but he's a great college coach, and I think he'll get it done in Minnesota. Yeah, no, I think, um, I think Nebraska. Um, I've ever since the schedule came out, I've I've had them winning this game. Honestly, Minnesota to me is a little overrated. Um, they were good a few years ago, um, but yeah, I just see Nebraska. Honestly, I see Nebraska probably winning by about fourteen to twenty points uh, because Matt Rule. Um, I've seen on Instagram and Twitter and everything. I've seen his uh, his practices and everything. It looks like the players are really gelling. Unlike uh, Scott Can't Win Frost um, was doing um, over there. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think Nebraska will probably uh, run over Minnesota, especially even though it's at Minnesota. Because last year, uh, I watched Minnesota lose to the University of Bowling Green Week One. So, um, yeah, I just see uh, Nebraska easily winning that game, and I'm going to take the over on this one. All right, I'm going to pull a max here. I have bias towards Minnesota. I know. Don't do it, bro. I'm not lying. I'm not lying. I'm not lying like Reese. I genuinely know he's he's an equipment manager at Auburn University. He's a Minnesota fan. He graduated from the University of Minnesota. I got the Gophers. Let's go, Golden Gophers. Is it is it in Minnesota? In Minneapolis? Yep, they're winning. Okay, let's go. Next one. Hopefully not. Over. No. High scoring game. High scoring affair. Matt Rule. What you did to the yeah. Panthers, you lifted my hopes and spirits up, and you completely buried them into the ground. You were horrible at Panthers. You're going to be horrible at Nebraska. It's time for you to go to the retirement home. Have fun with your wife. Play some golf. Have fun with your kids if you even have kids. I don't know. Let's go, going Gophers. <laughs> Wait, I have I have one question. Okay. Does, Mi- does Minnesota still have Tanner Morgan? Do they still have Tanner Morgan? They're starting quarterback for like the last five years. Oh, I think he's like too old to play. I'm checking right now. Okay, Probably pulling no, a Stetson Bennett yeah. in his eighth year. Nebraska by fourteen. Thank <laughs> you very much. They got a new quarterback. Yeah, no, Minnesota's done. All right, next done. one. Next one. We're moving right, past. Right. Riding, go, going Gophers. You're the absolutely last, riding the last, the last in conference game. We got uh, a close one here. Number three at, at Indiana in Bloomington. You said close one? Oh. You said close one? A tough place to play. You said oh, close one? Yeah. The, current, the current line is Never. OSU by 30 and an over-under of 60 and a half. Never. Honestly, obviously. OSU by ha- 30, next one. Obvious, obviously, I don't have Indiana winning. Obviously, that oh. was a joke. 
But no, no, no. but here's the thing. No, no, no. I'll I'll speak, and then I'll you know we'll 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 keep it organized. So Ohio State recently, what I've been seeing with them and Devin Brown in the Kyle McCord QB battle. This is literally what um, Ryan Day said a couple weeks ago to an interviewer about their QV battle. He said, uh, both of the quarterbacks, because neither of them has won the starting job from what I've heard. I've heard Devin Brown's kind of pulling away. But what Ryan Day said is really telling about what's going on at Ohio State right now. He said, both of them have honestly just not impressed them. And that's why they don't have currently a starting job. It's not that both of them are playing really good. It's that both of them aren't, aren't playing good enough. And so that is Ohio State fan. Now, obviously, they got the wide receiver quarterback or wide receiver uh, receiving room of, like, you know, just the best of all time with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Ibuka. But, I mean, I don't know about this Ohio State team. I'm going to say they're going to win. I don't think they're going to win by 30. And I don't think they're going to score as many points as we think they are. Um, Indiana, obviously, poverty. But give me the Buckeyes 35-7. to 70. Thirty-five. So you 17. said, you said 30, this game is gonna be close. No, I was joking. I joke. So thirty-five, seventeen, Buckeyes. So I'm taking. I got Ohio. I got Ohio State. State. Yeah. I got Ohio yeah. State by uh, forty, covering the line. Uh, I got the okay. over because I think Ohio State will score about sixty, and Indiana will score about three. Okay, buddy. The hammer. I'm putting the hammer down. Ohio State by fifty. Oh, Buckeyes! Hey, man! Hey, let let it be let it be known. This isn't me trying to say Indiana's good. No, they're horrible. This is going to be. I think his, his name is like what Tim Allen or something. He decided to name himself after uh, an actor from Toy Story. But he's this is last season. They had that one good season in 2020, which, like I said, everybody's asterisk here. You know, the random team Syracuse was good in that season. But uh, I would say, yeah, Ohio State's definitely going to win, but I don't think it's think. Give me that by 18, 35 to 17, and, yeah, let's keep it rolling. Now we get some yeah. non-conference games. Now I love me some good non-conference games because it's kind of like a, oh, what would happen if this team played this team, you know, kind of deal. And we got some interesting ones. Now this first one is not so interesting, uh, but I just put it on here because two – pretty historic programs like in one very way back in the past and then one kind of recently but virginia at tennessee 11 a.m on abc on saturday to start off the saturday slate um it's the line is tennessee by 28 and the over under is 57 and a half i'm gonna say that tennessee covers and it's excuse me it's actually versus they're playing in the titan stadium so it's technically uh a, a neutral site game but give me tennessee by more plus twenty eight, I got him by like thirty five, and over, I, think, I think Joe Milton is putting up putting up sixty three on sixty three on Virginia. That's, that's my prediction. That's my prediction. Joe Milton. Joe Milton is a dog, um, absolute unit. I think he will win Heisman in the coming years. I think Tennessee wins this game big. I love Rocky Top. I've been to a Tennessee game. I actually went to the Battle of Bristol. Um, as a Virginia, which um, love Virginia Tech, but I really don't think they'll be good this year. Um, yeah, Tennessee fans—they're awesome. I love their traditions. I love their songs. I loved Hendon Hooker last year. I think Tennessee wins this game big. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think uh, I think Virginia. You know, they're just—they haven't really been that good since about 2018, 2019. 
I see Tennessee running all <laughs> over them, especially Virginia's never seen uh, seen an SEC defense before. So uh, I'm gonna say Virginia probably, or no, I'm gonna say Tennessee probably covers the spread, and uh, they'll probably go uh, 11 and one, something like that this season. Yeah, like I said. Uh, I think it was like Bryce Hawkins or Bryce Flowers or whatever it was in 2018-2019. That guy was a dog who they had at quarterback. I mean, yeah. Brandon Armstrong two years ago, he wasn't terrible, and their team was okay. But, yeah, no, Tennessee, Tennessee is – this is the year. If Joe Milton is able to be what everybody <coughs> thinks he's going to be, which I also think he's going to be, I mean, you're looking at a team that could, if they – you know, play well enough against Georgia could possibly sneak in as like possibly a second SEC team or something like that. But let's move on to the next one. West Virginia at number seven, Penn State. Now, I <clears throat> spec I uh, what's it called? I specified the at last year was in West Virginia, and it was actually a really close game. And I watched the entire thing. Really good game between the Mountaineers and the uh, Nittany Lions. And this game, this year, the line is 20 and a half uh, Penn State, and it's also over under is 15 and a half. I just don't know. It's in Beaver Stadium. That's the big tell to me. I mean, one of the, you know, one of the best home field advantages, and I love the whiteout, but I just don't know because this is kind of like they're trying to make it like be a yearly rivalry thing because it used yeah. to be back in the day. And it's just something about season openers once again. I mean, last game, Penn State barely won by seven, you know, against a West Virginia team that ended up being way worse than the Penn State team was by the end of the year. So, I don't know. I got Penn State winning this one. I don't think they cover. And I think it's still going to be over, though, because I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, Penn State's defense is really good. But like I said, it's season openers. And West Virginia, they're going to draw up something. And so, Penn State not covering – and then I give me the uh, over. Give me the over 50 and a half. I'm gonna I got say, a question. Uh, is JT Daniels still at West Virginia? No. Oh, He's not. I'm, I'm going yeah. to say uh, it's going to be a very close game because you're going to have a West Virginia team that's young and they're going to be up for this game. Even though it's at Beaver Stadium, which we've seen a lot of people come into Beaver Stadium the past few years and get um, get absolutely blown out. But I say that it's a close game for a while. But I say Penn State holds their own at home and uh, is able to come out on top. And I would say they cover the spread. Uh, And I'm going to take the over, like Max said, because this game's probably going to be a very high-scoring game. Um, I'm going to be honest. I think y'all are crazy for thinking this is going to be close. uh, (laughs) First-hand experience, Penn State. It's it's rowdy. Um, Fans there are super nice, but they're just super into it. The whiteout, the student section will be packed for the season opener. I think um, the Penn State quarterback, from what we saw him last year, we saw glimmers of hope last year. I think he'll come out. I think he'll be an absolute unit. I think Penn State wins this game. I think they cover. I think it goes over. I think Penn State just wins this game by a lot and uh, kind of shakes the college football world as a, as a seven seed. I think they'll. I think they'll give um, the rankings a run for the money. I think they deserve to be ranked a little bit higher than they are. Steve, Steve. if you think about it, here's. Here's the thing, Taylor. Clifford. Yeah. Here's no, the not thing. Clifford. The dude from last year. Drew Drew Aller. Drew Aller. Yes. Uh, here's the thing, anymore. Taylor. I fully agree with you. I think Drew Aller is honestly, like, he is another, like, sleeper for the Heisman at, like, six. He's almost five right now. He's six, four and a half. 
But, I mean, last year he played basically perfect whenever he came in. He, I'm looking at his stats right now, 357 pass yards, uh, three t- passing touchdowns. And, I mean, yeah, he's an absolute dog. And they got Nick Singleton at running back. And, like you said, firsthand experience, they absolutely destroyed Auburn in Jordan Hare, which not many non-conference teams are able to do. And so, but it's, it's just a feeling about this game, you know, about rivalries and about season openers. It just feels like a perfect storm to West Virginia to play really good like they did last year. You know, I don't expect West Virginia, when it's all said and done, to be even close to a playoff team. I don't, but I do expect Penn State to be in the running for a playoff team this year. But this game, there's just an interesting feeling about it. And yeah, that's why I got Penn State winning, but not covering. Next, we move into a, a Thursday night game on ESPN, Florida at number 14, Utah. And the spread right now is Utah by six and a half. And the over under is. Uh, 46 points. And note, Utah's starting quarterback, Cam Rising, will not be playing in the game. That's the only like notable injury from any of these matchups from what I've seen. Actually, there's one in LSU's game, which I'll get to when we get to that. But Cam Rising, if you haven't watched him, absolute stud at quarterback. But he got hurt in uh, their bowl game last year against Penn State, and he hasn't fully recovered. And so, yeah, so just a note for that. But I still think Utah, I don't believe in Florida. We talked about it earlier. I think Florida will finish with the worst <laughs> record in the SEC, bar an, un, uh, an upset from Vanderbilt on the road. But, I, yeah, I don't believe in Florida. I don't believe in Graham Mertz. you got to show me something before I can start giving you wins. And Florida, as well as Graham Mertz, just hasn't shown me anything over the last couple of years. And so I think Utah wins this one. And I think they cover the spread. Give me them by like 14 at least. And I think that this is going to be an over just because Utah is going to be able to score a lot. And, yeah, so that's what yeah. that's my predictions. Yeah, it's a tough, tough game for Florida, especially going into Utah and how Utah's been the past few years uh, with how good they've been. We saw it last year. There was a really controversial call at the end of the game last year in the Florida-Utah game that Utah ended up losing, probably I would say cost them a college football playoff spot. But um, I would say Utah is going to win this game without, even without rising because Florida, like you said, Max, Florida is just not – to me, Florida doesn't look like they're going to be competitive for the next four to five years, honestly, until they get a coach that has SEC experience and has – Is it not Billy uh, Napier anymore? In the SEC. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not right hating here. on Sunbelt Billy. That's not. It, this is not a Sunbelt Billy hate rant. I think. I mean, you see, they're recruiting for next year. I think they'll be good at some point in the next two or three. But I mean, Graham Mertz is your quarterback. Like he was yeah. known for throwing interceptions at Wisconsin. Like that's what his brand was. And so you bring somebody like start. I mean, that just shows how bad you think of Jack Miller, who started in your bowl game last year, transferred from Ohio State. So it's not like, oh, Graham Merch could be like, you know, kind of shaking. They bring in some. No, it's just that their entire QB room sucks. They don't have much depth anywhere in their in any of their positions. I mean, it's just a down year, and I I hate it for Florida because Florida's always, you know. They're always it's always a great college football season when Florida's good because we get that good Florida Georgia rivalry. But I mean, yeah, like it's just it's not it this year for Florida. 
But no, I think I'm gonna take Utah. I'm gonna take Utah to uh to not cover spread. I'm gonna say they're gonna go uh they're gonna go over probably. I'm gonna say it's gonna be a for them they're gonna score a lot of points. I say Florida scores about ten ten to seventeen points. I'm gonna I'm gonna say score final score is gonna be uh I'm gonna say forty five to seventeen. Ooh. You think yeah, right. you think Foley Prattville blow out. Gosh dang. All right, the yeah. pick that everyone waiting for. Um Here we go. So, University of Florida, uh, it's beautiful. Like, it's literally – it's one of the most beautiful campuses I've ever been to. Um, all their facilities are just amazing. The swamp uh, is historic. It's getting renovations. It's, it's going to be done uh, around next year, all the renovations. Um, hey, shout-out to Netflix, new Florida documentary. Got me yes. on that Florida bandwagon right now. Um, yet they don't have a Tim Tebow at all. They don't have a Kyle Pitts at all. Um, Billy Napier, uh, I think what he's done is good for the program. I think that he will be good. So I'm going to take Florida with the upset. Uh, Cam rising, I think is just a huge factor in this game. You're going to put some young quarterback into the mix for Utah. I think he's going to get shaken by the floor. I think the Florida defense will come out to play. I think Florida wins this game, and I think they win it by a game-winning field goal at the last second. Do wow. not throw your shoe this time, defensive lineman. Please. Hey, Wednesday again. I'm not saying it can't happen. I just got to see it first from the Gators. You know, I just like, don't. I just don't see it because, like, even though Utah doesn't have rising, I just think that Florida they don't have any talent this year. Exactly. They, they have a running back that was good. Towards ACL, he's out for the year. Defensive lineman, that was good. Towards ACL, out for the year. They have so many injuries in practice, and it's just you don't have any depth, like Max said. And you also have a quarterback who last year led a Wisconsin team who was supposed to go, I think they were supposed to go like 10 and 2, 9 and 3, like they always do. Ended up going like 4 and 8, 3 and 9. So I don't really see Florida uh, being able to even come close to beating Utah. Yeah, and I mean you make a good point and we're going I'm going to wrap this up before we move on to the final three matchups which are all really intriguing in my opinion. But um no, like Florida, you look at teams like Florida and you look at teams similar to I mean heck, I'd compare them to like Tennessee before they brought in before Hendon Hooker like last season. I mean all those years. The one thing that they can always count on and always, you know, hold on their shoulders is that how much talent they always have, you know, and how much depth they can go. That's really the big thing about all SEC teams is because you're in all these nice southeastern states and you're in the best conference in college football. I mean, you're able to recruit and you're able to get the best Unless you're Vanderbilt or Missouri. Anybody, yeah, unless you're Vanderbilt, obviously. Like, I mean. No, yeah, Missouri, 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 but, they, uh, next year is supposed to be good. Yeah, I mean, it, exactly. Even Missouri, you see them bringing in great players. And so Florida just doesn't have that this year. They don't have that, you know, star-studded team. I mean, because last year they had Anthony Richardson. They had Travis Etienne. Or not Travis Etienne, his younger brother. Um, yeah. I can't remember his first name. But I think, he, it, was, uh, I think it was like uh, Mark Etienne or like yeah, Michael it was, Etienne. It was, something, it was like. something like that. But, like, both really talented players. And, I mean, but this year you don't And so – and I don't believe – Billy Napier, he's going to get it done, but I don't believe in his coaching just yet, you know, because he, he did so good at UL Lafayette. 
But also, Kyle Whittingham is just an absolute beast at drawing up defensive schemes at Utah. And so I have more faith in them. The more experienced team, the more talented team beating Florida at home. Now we move into the top three matchups. And first, we're going to start off with a game that I have been really excited for, especially after both of their bowl games and seasons last year. North Carolina versus South Carolina, number 21 North Carolina versus South Carolina. They're going to be playing in the Panther Stadium, Bank of America Stadium. It's going to be yes, a game. Yeah! And, okay, uh, but but you got Drake May versus Spencer Rattler, two of the, uh, they're saying like Heisman candidates this year, more Drake May than Spencer Rattler. But this is yeah. going to be a great game. And uh, the spread right now is North Carolina by two and a half. And the over-under is 64 and a half. Because both these teams can really run up the scoreboard. And honestly, I think I'm going to go with the over here. That this is one of my kind of, I guess you'd say, upset picks. I got South Carolina winning this game. I feel like, once again, like, like I just talked about with Florida, South Carolina, they have that talent this year. You know, they have... To me, they have more depth. The only spot, though, that I'm really worried about, because this is basically one of the most crucial spots you'll see in big games like this, is the offensive line. Not as good this year as it's going to be in the year when they bring in like Cam Pringle and other five-star recruits that they've been able to nab. But I still got them winning this game. I think it's going to come down to who has the ball last. And give me South Carolina 38-35. to 35. That's my score prediction. You heard it here first. Uh, give me the over. Give me South Carolina winning this game straight up. I'm gonna take. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna just say North Carolina. Mm. Fan. Fan too. So I hate North Carolina. Always have. Um. But yeah, South Carolina's in the SEC. I always got to root for SEC teams. I just think. Um, you know, Drake May, I do think, is a great Heisman candidate. I don't see Rattler as much being a Heisman candidate, but I'm going to say South Carolina wins this game 42-38. to 38. Mm, Bank, of, yeah. Bank of America Stadium. Always got to love a good uh, – those two playing each other is always fun. We saw it a few years ago when North Carolina was starting to get back into uh, – being a good football team again, we saw that game and it was uh, exciting uh, between those two. But yeah, I say South Carolina forty-two to thirty-eight. That means I'm taking the over, and uh, I do not think they will cover the spread. All right, so here we go. Growing up, uh, my grandfather played football at Virginia Tech. He was actually a coach of Frank Beamer, and if you know Ooh. Frank Beamer, he's Virginia huh. Tech legend. Uh, one of the probably one of the best coaches in college football history. His yeah. son Shane Beamer, uh, what he's done at South Carolina is absolutely a miracle. I mean, you look at South Carolina; they were always besides Jadavion Clowney, they were just always kind of that six and six, seven and five mid team that no one really talked about. They would always give Alabama a run for their money. They would always give Auburn a run for their money when Auburn would ever play them. Um, but hey. North Carolina is going to be looking nice with those powder blues. Drake May is no. overrated, but he's a Heisman candidate. Mac Brown, grandpa, grandpa mentality. He's going to lead the North Carolina Tar Heels into victory. And I got to go the Tar Heels of North Carolina with them. Higher, the Jordan branding 
on the shoes, the pants, the jerseys. It's just, I mean, you've got notable alumni forever. Oh, gosh, North Carolina is going to win this game, and I think they're going to win it by a touchdown. And mm. I got the I got the over because I do think this will be a very high scoring game. What now my prediction? final prediction is fifty two to forty five North Carolina. Whoa, hi. Hey, I, I'm not opposed. I, I love scoring, so I would love to see that. What's our next game, Max? So our next game. Well. Before we do that, I wanted to just ask you real quick because you picked North Carolina. Just really quick, um, how well do you see Drake May performing without Josh Downs? Hmm. I, I, still, like, I mean, and they didn't bring I in. Mean, they brought they brought in Quintez Watkins. Ongoing case where they're saying that he's not going to be able to play this year. So yeah, I, I, I mean, was about to ask who their receivers are because I don't know. I don't didn't know if they had any good. Hey, receivers. Drake May will find a way. He's the goat. Drake May okay. is the goat. He's he is the we highest saw, winner of this year. I want to see him play App State again. That game was good. We yeah, that game is going to be good one to watch too. All right, we got two more games, and this first one is going to be kind of what Taylor mentioned during his um, team huddle, and it's going to be Colorado at number seven. You college hey, game day is coming 40. to Texas Christian University, and we'll go ahead. And... The line is TCU by twenty-one, and the over/under is fifty-nine and a half. So, in hey, uh, in 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 Amon G. Carter Stadium, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so what were you gonna say, Taylor? Ever wanted to listen to a podcast where high school students interview their high school coaches? Yeah, doesn't that I'm just sound sorry. awesome? Yeah. Well, I mean, you should listen to. I mean, audience, audience, you gotta listen to play callers. I mean, we're having heartfelt conversation with these coaches. <laughs> we personally know them. They're amazing people. They're they're amazing coaches. They're mentors to our players. Auburn High Football State Championship this year. Go listen to play callers coming out every Monday at two thirty, right before this one comes out at three thirty, and go listen if you if you really love this one. That sounds exciting. I'll have to listen to it after this. Or actually, yeah. wait, I could I could have already listened to it because it comes out before this. But yeah, now, now we already have our first episode out. Exactly, it's first episode, and if you're listening to this, we should have first two episodes, so you can listen back to back, start binge watch, binge listening to that. But also um, check out Blue Collar Mentality, published by HS Mass Media. That's all the ads I got. Let's keep going on with the game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, we got we got so much stuff we're doing at HS Mass Media. If I mean, honestly, just go onto our Instagram, go onto our YouTube, and we're also on Twitter, I believe. And so, yeah, and you'll see all of the stuff you mean that X. we got going on. Des Bryant, hold up the X. Let's go. Yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go. All right, let's lock in on Colorado at TCU. I've got TCU, but but I I am a big Coach Prime fan, and I love what he's done at Colorado. I do. Now, I don't see Colorado winning a lot of games this year, but it's a long process. I do think he'll eventually get it done if he stays. And three and nine. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen this year. I got them going four and eight, not three and nine. I think they'll sneak one out against like Arizona State or somebody like that. But um, I got TCU, but I got them by like seventeen. I don't think they'll get quite twenty-one. Give me them thirty-eight to thirty-eight to twenty-one. So I'll go with basically just just under uh, with at fifty-nine points. The over under is fifty-nine and a half. Give me just under that. And uh, give me TCU by 17, 38-21. going to be a very uh, big one. Big one. 
right, so Colorado three and nine and two and ten. Taylor thinks they're going to win the Super Bowl, but um, yeah, uh, I think TCU probably without Max Max Duggar, I think they don't. Uh, I don't. Duggan. 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 <laughs> I don't think they win. Uh, I don't think they'll win as much games as they did last year. They'll probably go like nine and three or something. But I say TCU probably new quarterback. I say what Max said probably about like seventeen, maybe twenty four points they win. But you know Taylor Taylor thinks they'll probably win by or Colorado will win by infinity. So. <laughs> All right, yeah. shout out. Hey, TCU, shout out. Last year, college football, college football playoff performance was one of really the greatest things I've ever seen. Until you got to the national championship and you lost by like 63. But besides yeah. that, <laughs> congratulations, Max Duggan. You're an absolute unit. You're an absolute dog. Shout out to my dear friend that goes to TCU. She's probably not listening to this. Um, but, I mean, Colorado, I mean – no, they were my team huddle. No I huddle. I, I, no. I just you, wish I understand. I, could, I, I, could, I wish about. I could just lock arms with Colorado Buffalo fans. I could exactly. go to their games. I could see Coach Prime work his magic. Coach Prime is a magician. He should go on AGT. He could win the whole thing. But besides that, Shadur Sanders, Travis Hunter, all the transfers, all the recruits have led to this moment. The sold out spring game. All the Colorado fans are going to be looking at their TVs. They're going to be jumping up and down. They're going to be throwing stuff at their TV if it doesn't go their way. But it will go their way because they will win. Colorado will win this game oh by 14 points. Oh, 35 what? 21. Colorado Buffaloes. Vanderbilt Buffaloes. You think. Wait, so what is your score prediction? How much is 35 to 21? What? You, oh, my goodness. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, they're t- your team huddle. I can respect, you know, but let's move on to the game the whole- that everybody is waiting on. Uh, the game that is going to be happening on, I think it's going to be happening on Sunday. Yes, Sunday night. On, a- Ellis, on ABC. On ABC, 6.30 primetime. And if you listen to next week's episode, we'll probably be giving our live reaction. It won't be live to you, but it'll be live to us, our live reaction on this game. And one I've been waiting all summer pins and needles for this game. Number five LSU versus number eight State in Orlando, a great stadium. I went. I actually got the chance to go to the Florida State Oklahoma game for the Cheez It Bowl last year. Great game and great atmosphere. And I've got. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. The line right now is LSU two and a half, and the over under is, is it a neutral game like it was last year? It's a yeah, neutral it's in game. Orlando. It's, it's, it's in, in Orlando, Orlando, so Florida's Florida State's going to have a, obviously more of a home crowd. It was in the but, Superdome last year, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. So right. last blocked year, it, like blocked extra point. Yeah, so I I'm going to go with Florida State upsetting LSU because 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 big injury report for LSU. Mason Smith is not going to be playing in this game. If you don't know, who Mason Smith is six foot five, two fifty freak. On the defensive line slash defense. Wait, did you say Mason Smith? Yes, he's not playing. He's what, not well, playing. if you love Mason Smith, check out Blue Collar Mentality. He's a videographer. Oh, for he's such an amazing that person. Was, Go that check was, out. That was, good. that was good. That was smooth. That was smooth. That was smooth. I can respect it. I can respect it. But yeah, no, Florida State. I got winning this game. Jordan Travis is an absolute dog. He. This is his year. This is his year. I got him. Honestly, if I had to put in one name. 
to win the Heisman this year, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go as far as to say Jordan Travis is a lock. But I mean, I think Jordan Travis and Caleb right. Williams are my two favorites right, right now. Right. Jordan Travis has got all the tools. You watched him last year against LSU and all those teams. If he stays fully healthy, I mean, he's able to you know won't. run the ball. He's able to create space in between the defense. And, yeah, I got Florida State winning this game. Give me the over as well. This is going to be an absolute fireworks show. 42-38, Florida State winning it in Orlando. Give me the Knowles. Yeah, let's go. I'm going to let Taylor pick uh, because I'm going to be like – No, Reese, you got it. I'm, I'm laughing. No, no, no. I'm going to be like Lee no, Corso on game no, day. No, no, I'm Lee no, Corso. No, no. no, yes, I'm Lee Reece, Corso it's your on turn. game day. Nope. Okay, here nope. we go. Here we go. All right, uh, this is a very good matchup. Uh taking this one this one's a really it's it's really hard because lsu a lot of talent there but mason smith's out you know videographer for uh, mass media uh, <laughs> but yeah no also um florida state they have a lot of talent too um you know what i'm off chops uh, i'm going florida state go Knowles. They're, exactly they're winning, they're winning by 14 Oh my 14. gosh! He pulled a tail. It's gonna be, it's gonna be fifty-two to thirty-eight. So do they do they pull away at the end, or is it like they get up by four? It's gonna be, it's gonna be they pull away at the end because you know Taylor's gonna be uh, cheering for LSU, and then like you know how. how I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Respectable, respectable. All right, Taylor. Let's 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 get it over with. Stephen A. Smith. All right. Jalen Daniels. Okay. He's the best quarterback in college football this year. Jaden oh, yeah. Yeah, Daniels oh, no. is the best quarterback in college football this year. Bro named the LSU Kansas. is going to be the national championship. Is going to be the national champions. I'm going to pick them every single week. It doesn't matter. Florida State. I I, I got I got I got I can't lie. I got a fa- I got family friends that go to Florida State. Beautiful uh, campus. Sure I toured it. Uh, amazing journalism <laughs> program. I've looked at it. It's amazing. But, like, come on. It's the LSU freaking Tigers. Mm. LSU is a, is a national powerhouse. Brian Kelly is going to be there, former Notre Dame coach. Jaden Daniels is going to be a dog. He's going to throw five touchdowns. I got LSU winning this game 42-28. to 28. Mm. LSU wins this game, and I'm going to pull an Ed Orgeron. Go Tigers! <laughs> <laughs> This guy, this guy. It's because, it's because of Libby Dunn, isn't it, Taylor? No, no, no. <laughs> Bro's ready for gymnastics season more than he is football. Ugh, I love it. Well, Jayden that's going to do it for the pace of LSU. All right. That's going to do it for the first debut episode of the Tigers. Uh, and we had a blast. We're so glad that you listened to us this week. Be sure to check out our episodes coming out every single Monday at 3.30. Also, be sure to check our Play Callers podcast coming out Monday. If you want to see us interviewing Auburn High School head coaches, also check out AHS Mass Media. We got a bunch of broadcasts. We got high school volleyball, high school football, high school basketball, high school baseball, high school everything you want. Every single day we got something probably. Uh, If you're you're an Auburn High School student listening to this, join join High Def, get involved, get involved with the broadcast, meet all the amazing people. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you all next week.
Thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Tiger's Den Podcast. Be sure to check out our episodes airing every single Monday at 3.30 p.m. Central on all platforms. Also be sure to check out our other podcast play callers, where we interview a coach from Auburn High School, also airing every single Monday at 2.30 p.m. Central on all platforms.